0: Everybody, welcome to another exciting episode of Cocoa and Dults. We're real people bringing you real reviews of all the latest streaming offerings on Netflix, Disney+, HBO Max, Amazon Prime Video, and is there one I'm forgetting? No. No? Great. I'm not Daltz.
1: And I'm not Coco.
0: And not Coco, what are we reviewing for Listener
1: today? Oh, Listener, you are in <laughs> store for a treat.
0: It's been a long time since we've talked about Listener. So.
1: Listener, you are very lucky because we just recently binge-watched FIFA Uncovered. And you know what I noticed, actually, in the FIFA Uncovered title, just as a segue to something else? What's that? No colon. It was just FIFA Uncovered. Oh. So FIFA Uncovered is a four-part docu-series, which essentially documents the corruption of FIFA. FIFA's corrupt? I know. It's hard to believe. This is kind of like a revelation to me, because I thought that all large organizations that are top-heavy are free of corruption, <laughs> like governments or the IOC or FIFA they're all very innocent organizations that are doing their best.
0: Just like us. Right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> so this documents the rise of FIFA, uh, period. You know, the rise from, it's just like a, you know, an informal kind of organization that uh, organizes soccer around the world to the monolith that we know now. Um, the monolith that we know now and have known for the last 20 or 30 years uh, was largely due to the efforts of one Sepp Blatter, who was the main cheese of FIFA, which I think is actually what his title was. And um, <laughs> it talks about his rise and his uh, predisposition disposition for doing shenanigans around money and trying to get certain things done, etc. So it's a four-part series documenting that. They're around 45 minutes long. No, so- they're about an hour each. hour each. Um, and they They feel like an hour each, do they? Oh well. So that's a good segue. (laughs) Not adults. What did you think so far? First of all, I'm really cheesy on the summary. So did I? How did I do on the summary? There was no. That's fine. That was good.
0: Yeah. All right. So oh, except that you forgot to say it's on Netflix.
1: It's on Netflix. I forgot to say that, and it was just recently released. So we are on top of it. Last night, as we are reporting, recording this podcast, what did you think of FIFA No Colon Uncovered? So
0: the reason. Daltz asked me why what I thought of his summary is because I always do the summary and I get tired of it. So today, Daltz said, I'll do the summary. And I was like, oh, no, wait. I want to do the summary because I really don't have a lot to say about this. (laughs) What?
1: (laughs) See, that's not fair because that was my choice. And usually it's your choice. So I always have nice things to say or (laughs) content to add. So you have to contribute. You have to... I'm sure you could go off on FIFA.
0: Well, I mean... It's no surprise to anybody that FIFA is corrupt. <laughs> I, you know, I mean, yeah, it's especially for two people who have worked in sports journalism mm-hmm. for, dolls has basically worked in sports journalism for like 30 years, and I worked in it for like 11, 12 years. I started and, when I was 10. Yeah, so, you know, it's, you're really not learning I, I didn't know the history of FIFA. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't know when it started. I didn't know who the guy before Sepp Blatter was. So that was interesting. And a lot of the intricacies of the corruption, I wasn't... Ne- so I was out of sports journalism by the time of Sepp Blatter's downfall. So that was all semi-news to me. Like, I wasn't really sure of the details. But just, I mean, FIFA's corrupt. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, and you know that's it's you know it's infuriating, but it's not. If you've been paying attention, or if you're in sports journalism, it's not surprising. The only thing that was it shouldn't even be surprising is that all of the corrupt people, like they did actually get set bladder on camera. Yeah, which I was surprised by. He's yeah. aged a lot in the past five years. And like he was he, cooperative too. Yeah, he was very cooperative. Um, but he and one of the main guys behind the Qatar World Cup bid, just bald face saying there's no corruption, <laughs> like saying people weren't dying, building the facilities in Qatar. I'm wow. like, bro, we hmm. see the footage of the coffins going back to Nepal. Like, mm-hmm. come
1: on. So it's just... Yeah, and they're reporting yeah. that it's about... I saw something actually today on Twitter saying that uh, there was around six one... One uh, reporting body was saying sixty five hundred people have died. Jesus Christ. making the, the stadiums in cutter um, and Cutter's official policy is something like three and seven were injured or something like that. Yeah. like it's just not even in the same ballpark. so so if cutter is all the way lying and the other numbers are f- are not factually correct, you'd think it would be at least like two hundred or something like that. You wouldn't <laughs> think it would be like three versus sixty five hundred. It's tragic nonetheless. But that's sort of like, to me, it's interesting because how did we get here in terms of FIFA? How did, that's why I'm interested in this, in this documentary because as somebody who has experienced FIFA, because I went to the World Cup in 2010 in South Africa, and so I had a lot of, uh, I had some knowledge about how that happened. But this documentary, docu-series, uh, lays out very clearly why South Africa got a world cup when South Africa is not really a soccer slash football country. It's more like cricket and rugby. And, um, so that was interesting to me and the politics of all these things and how it's about broadening the game and, and you know, the, the big picture, the, the well-intentioned quote unquote, uh, approach to it that you try to broaden the appeal of the game. You try to give it to Africa because Africa had never had a world cup before. And that's why Qatar got the World Cup is because the Middle East had never had a World Cup. Because it's 130 degrees there well, in the summer. <laughs> and, and that's the whole debacle around this Qatar thing is because it was originally supposed to be in the summer like all the other World Cups. And they were like, eventually the reason prevailed somehow. And they're like, yeah, no, it's going to be too hot. So let's hold it in November. And so that's why we're having it as we speak in this podcast. It's going to be coming up soon in Qatar. Um But they were talking, I remember, in the first days of well, they were going to have air-conditioned stadiums and it was going to be fine and there was going to be all sorts of, you know, those spray machines that people can walk through (laughs) as they're going from one venue to the other.
0: Like in Vegas when you walk past the casinos and the doors are open and they're just spraying water on people.
1: And And people are wondering why the planet is in such a horrible (laughs) situation right now. (laughs) (laughs) We're just going to pump the air conditioning into this open-air stadium.
0: People aren't supposed to live in those climates (laughs) and yet here we are.
1: Yeah, and so I was interested from that perspective. And also, uh, I was involved in uh, sports uh, at ESPN when the bids were announced for both Russia and Qatar. And we saw that in the documentary. It I was, was a,
0: there, too. That was right before I left.
1: Yeah, and that was like a double award. Uh, and the reasons I remember living through that, they were, oh, we were we were putting money on it. I remember many stories had been written. as like one of the games was going to, one of the tournaments was going to go to England, the UK, and the other was going to go to the United States. And there, everybody was pretty much settled on that. And then, of course, when Russia gets one and Qatar gets the other, it was like, okay, this is a clear indication (laughs) that FIFA is corrupt. I did
0: like the footage of the announcement of both of those (laughs) World Cups and you know, the cutter contingent is, like, jumping up and down and high-fiving, and everybody else in the auditorium is just kind of looking bewildered, right. like, what did I just well, see? And
1: Bill Clinton was there because he yeah. was kind of thinking that the United States was going to win that bid.
0: I mean, that man could sell ice to an Eskimo, right. so I understand why he thought the U.S. had a really good chance. Well, he's
1: not going to show up unless he thinks he's going to be yeah. accepting the award.
0: But he's also the consummate politician, so his face did not register the shock and disdain <laughs> that—like, he his smile, like, was— less megawattage than the usual Bill Clinton politician smile. But, you know, he he wasn't just outright like WTF, like everybody else was. (laughs) The
1: celebration was right beside him like the the cutter group was in the theater right beside him and it was sort of like one of those deals where he was he was getting jostled uh because they were they were they were celebrating (laughs) beside him and it was like one of those deals where you're at a concert and you're sitting down and the people beside you are dancing you know it was like one of those (laughs) kind of deals and he was like and then he reached over there to shake the hand yeah he did did smile at them and congratulate yeah he was trying to be uh cordial about it but Um, there's some really good footage in this. Yeah, there's some really good as you mentioned Seth Blatter is interviewed and he's interviewed It seems like he had all the time in the world to tell his story And I think that that's you know from what we learned in this documentary that fits into his character he's just He's somebody who loves the attention And stayed in that position as long as he could at no matter what cost So it doesn't surprise me that he actually participated in this It's good that he's in this because he provides his side of the story. However, the facts Tell a different story. So, I'm shocked that FIFA
0: is a nonprofit. That seems so. <laughs> I I can't wrap my mind around that.
1: Well, as I've discovered in the, my other job, that nonprofits don't necessarily don't make money.
0: Well, no, they make, I,
1: they hold make a whole whack of money, and they are able to benefit from being a nonprofit in other ways that profitable corporations are not.
0: I just I understand. Development of the game, et cetera, et cetera. But no, this is a pretty commercial (laughs) enterprise. Like, this is not it. Don't throw a million dollars at Africa and be like, we're charitable when you're making billions of dollars and people are getting kickbacks and money is disappearing. And
1: yeah. It was really way, really well laid out in terms of you know they'd show a flowchart of the top executives and who was getting what and who was uh, more corrupt than others and CONCACAF obviously was the was one of the more corrupt uh, federations. But CONCACAF, for those who don't know, is North America and the Caribbean, and there are many members around there that were getting paid off. And Jack Warner was the the lead guy for. CONCACAF, and he was getting huge cash apparently, and all this money was going to all these individual associations. And,
0: and Jack Warner, uh, the like president of CONCACAF, he's from Trinidad and Tobago, and his national team made the World Cup in what ninety eight.
1: Something like that. Something
0: like that. And the players got like $80 each. And, you know, because they went to him and they were like, hey, can we, you know, get a split of the TV revenue? And can we get, you know, a split of the merch or whatever? And he was like, yeah, yeah, sure, whatever. But, you know, then, of course, just like movie studios, out comes the spreadsheet where, oh, well, we have to deduct your hotel expenses and we have to deduct like the travel costs and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So... Yeah, so those guys went to the World Cup and they made like... Nothing. Yeah, like 80 bucks. It's like when New Edition went on tour in like 85 and they came back after like a two-year world tour and they got a thirty seven each, right? Cause-
1: so the FIFA un- <laughs> FIFA Uncovered dotted line to New Edition <laughs> has been completed. Only on Cocoa and Dolphs <laughs> will you find that connection, listener. So aren't you glad you joined us?
0: Listener learns something new every
1: day. Listener, how does... So I now I know how our... Our display text will be. How does new edition and FIFA Uncovered relate? <laughs> but I uh, seriously, though, I thought it was. I thought it was well done. Um, I learned some things. It's. It was a four-hour ride, um, and they felt like an hour each. I, I see. I didn't think that because I was really interested in it. I was really invested in it, and also because I had been part of that uh, scene at one time in my professional life so I could relate to the characters and I knew some of the people uh, not like buddy buddy but I knew who they were and I had encountered them at certain points Um, so I thought that was and I had been to South Africa for the 2010 games and uh, the tournament and had seen uh, Nelson Mandela when he was walking around and they you know they carted him around in a golf cart because he was not in good shape in those days Um, so I could there was one scene where Seth Blatter trots him out to an event to show how powerful he is, and Nelson Mandela, who's you know gone through what he has gone through, been in, 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 wrongly in prison for all those years, and Seth Blatter is essentially using him as a as a figurehead for it to show how powerful he was. I thought that was a very uh, telling moment, and we see the footage. Like that's a lot of this footage is included in this documentary. is re- really well done. Um, There's not a lot of things that, like, some of these documentaries we've watched, they have recreations and it's animation and it's (laughs) cheesy and it just doesn't feel right. There's none of that in this. Like, this is all real footage. I mean, it's the world's most popular game, so we should have footage for a lot of these press conferences and things like that and the annual general meeting and all that sort of stuff.
0: And this wasn't back in the 40s. This is, like, 10 years ago.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So, um, on a scale of 1 to 26, uh, what's your letter, uh, Coco? Unless you had anything else to add.
0: Not really. I liked uh, most of the talking heads. Um, I thought they weren't dry. Mm -hmm. You know, they were interesting. Like, Mm -hmm. they definitely weren't impartial. Um, Right, Right. (laughs) Because there was, like, the Guardian sports columnist who's written a book about it. There was another guy. uh, I think his name was Ken Bensinger. Mm -hmm. He's written a book called Red Card. There's the guy who was the sec gen from FIFA from, like, Mm -hmm. 2005 to 2012, like he got in a little bit of corruption trouble, like he Mm -hmm. was interviewed. Um, I thought a lot of those people were really interesting. Um,
1: Could I just say uh, one observation I have is that, and this is almost uniform across the board, is that soccer people have the wackiest hair.
0: Oh, interesting!
1: Like uh, Blazer, the the yeah the Chuck Mar- Blazer, Chuck Blazer, the American guy.
0: He's a CONCACAF calf. He was a conga calf official. He's he was. no longer with us.
1: Yeah, and some other of the uh, people who appear. Some of the journalists had very questionable hairstylings. So that's just an observation that has that adds nothing to the enjoyment of the podcast or, or detracts really from. You could have hair bingo going if you wanted to. (laughs) I'll
0: let you do that. Jerry Um, curls
1: for 200.
0: I don't remember seeing any Jerry curls, actually. (laughs) Um, No, I enjoyed it. It was fine. It's just, (laughs) you know, it beats you down even more given the state of the world today, knowing that, uh, you know, likely nothing has changed. Likely you know sup bladder is gone and a lot of those guys are gone but there's still people there and mm-hmm. you know nobody nobody served any jail time and right. the doj i guess or the fbi dropped all charges a couple years ago or whatever mm-hmm. so nothing's ever going to happen you know that's what happens people are the rich and the powerful always get away with it and yeah you that's- and i are going to not get away with anything we try to do
1: well so. we're rich and powerful because of the podcast
0: that's true listener is funneling so much money to other us. than
1: that i agree yeah. with your point but uh i mean that was underlined there's two points there from what you just mentioned is that yes the doj and the fbi were looking into this and that's kind of like how this whole documentary gets started because of the uh conceivably the crimes that were committed on american soil with money being funneled and that sort of thing and the fact that the U S lost out on the bid for the world cup and it was sort of sour grapes as well. So there's a lot of that kind of stuff going on. Um, but I thought that, uh, that was kind of secondary to me. It was, it was sort of like the documentation of the pod of the, uh, of the corruption during the entire documentary. You have a, a concerned look on your face. Oh, no. Okay. No. Did i have like something hanging from my nose. Right?
0: <laughs> no. So I'd give it like a B
1: a B. Yeah. Yeah. I'd give it a, like a seven, wow. seven wow, and a half. But I will say in my new ruling system, my new judgment system, I will say you should watch this. Um, it's a good documentary. It's a good documentary if you're not into soccer slash football. Um, if you're into soccer slash football, you'll really enjoy it. I think if you're somebody who's tangentially involved or interested in sports, I think you're you probably you probably enjoy it if you like documentaries. If you're looking for something that's like a Marvel movie, then you're probably not going to watch it. You're not going to enjoy it. But if you're somebody who's interested in that kind of thing, then...
0: <laughs> Seth Blatter and his bionic
1: hip get in and out of a chair. <laughs> well, they, they kind of have that, like, you could do that slow motion walk of all the FIFA guys. That is true, With all yeah. their bellies bouncing and their ties flapping in the wind and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, totally. Chuck Blazer, there's a guy who does not play soccer.
1: No, no. no. A lot of those guys I don't think played any sports at all. I mean, a couple of the guys were former players, but uh, not the ones who were making all the powerful decisions.
0: I also love how uh, Michelle Platini, Mm -hmm. you know, goes to dinner with Sarkozy and like Putin or whatever. And he's just like, oh, I felt like Sarkozy sold my vote out. And I'm like, but you still were able to vote. You didn't have to vote for Russia. Right, right. So what's going on there, bruh? Like, you're not... Don't be all innocent. Like, oh, what could I do? Oh, Sarkozy came in and voted for me. I'm like, no, something's up there.
1: Well, and I also think that, uh, to your point earlier about the corruption sort of prevailing, no matter who's in charge, is that there's a scene near the end where they have the new FIFA president in charge, and he's all buddy-buddy with uh, Vladimir Putin, and given where we are right now with the the attack on ukraine and everything else going on in that part of the world um it sort of indicates to me as like yeah the 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 names have changed but the approach is the same it's still all cozy cozy with these world dictators and one of the one of the lines in the in the documentary was sport and politics shouldn't mix or something like that but they clearly mix i mean all those things mix the ioc and the and fifa you know, it's just, it's all a big stew of politics and sports. It's kind of sad.
0: Like literal envelopes full of cash.
1: Right. <laughs> and well, they would go into the rooms. There was one, <laughs> one scene they were talking about. They would go into a room and you'd get $40,000 in U.S. cash and you'd go on. And it was just like, you can do whatever you want with this in the football world. Make sure it benefits football. So then some guy who's never seen this much money in his life is going to go back to his poor impoverished country and be like, I think I'm going to buy a car because <laughs> then I can drive to the football. <laughs> That's so. what I
0: do. So I'd also give it a you should watch, but just, you know, it's four hours. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're interesting hours, don't get me wrong, but I was feeling every one of those hours. So just FYI.
1: So you're now doing the should you watch or should you not watch? Do well,
0: I mean, if you're going to do it, I'm going to do it. Oh,
1: I'm, I'm impressed because you were kind of making fun of it before, so.
0: <laughs> I just make fun
1: generally. Well, that's true because yeah. you're a fun kind of person. That's me. Aha. So uh, unless you have anything else to add, Coco. Nope. That's it for another edition of the podcast. Listener, wait till you get in store what we have for us in the next two episodes. (laughs) We are going to blow your socks (laughs) off. We went all serious with FIFA, No Colon, Uncovered, but the next two are going to be Laugh City.
0: We might even uh, have a callback to a previous episode for one of them.
1: A very popular previous episode, may I add. We are very excited. We are very popular. So for another edition of the podcast, thanks for joining us, listener. We sure do appreciate it. I'm not Coco.
0: And I'm not an Alt.